Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, my co-host Lance Williams. We have a lot to talk about. And before we get into anything specific, Lance was at the game last week. He was there to witness the pathetic performance in person. So we welcome Lance to the show. But Lance, we want to get... You weren't on the post-game show with me, so I want to know... Tell me about it. What was it like? I know you've been there before. I know it was probably depressing, but go ahead and explain what that environment was like. For Steeler fans listening to the program, if you've ever watched a Steeler game away from Pittsburgh and you felt like, geez, this is a Steeler home game, we'll multiply that by two. To just simply put it into perspective, when the Steelers have the ball, down 17-14, driving to go up eventually 21-17. My section was yelling, here we go, Steelers, here we go. And half the section was standing with terrible towels. It felt like I was in Heinz Field. Yeah, but then the ending happens. What was the reaction of the fans? Because there are obviously a lot of Steeler fans. What's the reaction of the fans when... Boswell slips. I, let's back up. What was the reaction of the fan base when the hook and ladder works and Juju Smith-Schuster's rumbling down the sidelines and getting into field goal range? Well, let's just, I'll describe my reaction. <laughs> it, was, it was a little chilly at the game. I had my, I had my jersey on, and I was a little buttoned up because I was a little chilly. You know, I haven't lived in Pittsburgh for quite some time, so I'm getting older. My blood is a little thin. Get it out. My hair is getting thin. So, you know, I'm going to tell the truth. I, a brother was a little chilly. Right? You know, a brother was a little chilly. So, you know, my, my, my jacket was zipped up. So when the Steelers scored the touchdown, I did the Cam Newton, unzip the jacket, pull <laughs> open the jacket, and stick my chest out and show the number on my jersey. What were you I wearing? Did, I. I was wearing the uh, the AB uh, color rush jersey because it just rush. fits okay. so well. That that jersey just fits so well. So I was wearing the AB color rush, and so when the Steelers scored the touchdown, Raider fan was ah sit out. And then when the Raiders scored their touchdown, they mocked me by doing the same Cam Newton Superman, <laughs> and then they said sit yo down with that <laughs> Superman BS. Uh, it's too good. Too good. I mean, it sucks that the Steelers lost that way. They'll never win in Oakland, at least in the foreseeable future. Ben Roethlisberger certainly won't. Um, and Jeff, so, what? Jeff. What? I've seen them lose in Oakland four straight times. Why the hell did you go to the game? See, fans that are listening to the show, he's cursing this team everywhere he goes. <laughs> he's picking them to win. And it, I know you picked them to lose last <laughs> week, but I outed you on the post-game show. I don't know if you listened. I told them how you had sent me the pick that the Steelers were going to win, and then you changed it on air. So... Yeah, I tried to go reverse. I tried to give reverse. I thought I, I made a difference. I've watched them lose every game in Oakland. I've watched them lose every single time in San Francisco. I think the last seven times that I've watched them in California, they've lost 
the last time I saw them beat the Raiders on the West Coast, I was 25 years ago watching the game in the L.A. Coliseum in 1995. That's the well, last time that I saw them beat the Raiders in California. You've been to games in Pittsburgh, too. When was the last time you've been to a Steeler game that they won? The last time I went to a Steeler game that they won, unfortunately, I was there attending my uncle's funeral. They beat the Cleveland Browns. I think, I, I don't know if the game went to overtime where A.B. scored a touchdown, a 75-yard touchdown. I think it was the game where James Harrison should have gotten arrested for assault for hitting Colt McCoy. Oh, and yeah, okay. It was, that, it was that game where I think Colt McCoy threw up on the sidelines and they threw him back in. Uh, yep. it, was the, it was that game. Okay. And Ben got hurt, got hit pretty bad. I thought Ben was out for the year. He got racked on the knee, was pretty hurt, pretty bad. So I saw them. And then, of course, two weeks later, they lost the blackout game in San Francisco, of which I attended. Yes. So what we're learning here, folks, is that Lance is a, a gigantic curse to this team. <laughs> I'm slept rock. I'm slept rock. <laughs> and why he continues to pay to go to games, I have no idea. Um, so there you go. But the Oakland game was depressing on multiple fronts. Um, not only did the Steelers lose, but the one thing that has been kind of just lingering is what I've been calling Ribgate. And it's the handling of Ben Roethlisberger, who left the game. He left a little bit before halftime, and that was reported on Twitter and everything. And he had to get x-rays done of his ribs. Now, everything has come out. Lance, I'm sure you heard Mike Tomlin. He talked about the x-ray machine was old, and it was out of day, out, outdated. And then even the guy of Ben Roethlisberger on his show, he cooperated with that. Um, even online, um, Dr. Chow, who used to be the San Diego Chargers team physician, he said that, that what they're saying is true, that you have to go like the other side of the stadium and up two floors. It's, it's not like it's right there in most modern stadiums where the x-ray room is right there. Uh, but still, I want to get your input because obviously you probably didn't get all this stuff live because you were texting me at the game saying what's going on. And I was kind of filling you in with what I knew. Um, but what was your take on how the Steelers handled the situation, both in game as well as post game, meaning after the game and then in the, in the news conferences this week? You know, I'm going to take the hat of an old ass parent with teenagers. It shouldn't take me to ask you multiple times for you to tell the truth. And because all of this is trickling out so late, it just makes me pretty skeptical. If all of this is true, just say it on Sunday. It's not as if those facts became known after the fact. They knew all of these facts prior you know, they knew all these facts. I think what happened is they lost the game and all of a sudden they were caught in a shit show and they had to figure out how to explain it. it all, just just tell the truth in the press conference on Sunday. <clears throat> j yeah. Just full disclosure. And the fan base will be upset and it'll be what it is. It, it's the cover-up that's typically always you know, worse than the crime. And in this case, they're all trying to save face because they made a pretty bad tactical error in they went against the one rule that should be the number one paramount rule all the time, 
when you're competing in professional sports, you play to win, period. You deal with the chips, how they fall after the fact. Win the game. Then deal yeah. with the rest later. I mean, I, I, I didn't see a huge issue with – I didn't hate – I hated the crutch use of – the outdated equipment and they weren't sure of the injury. And I understand too, that there's extenuating circumstances when it comes to rib injuries, you could have internal organ stuff going on. Like I get all that. Um, but at the same time, I said it on the post game show, I guarantee you, and this is exactly what Mike Tomlin said. And Ben Roethlisberger said, I guarantee you that what this conversation was, Hey, what's the deal? Well, he's got some ribs. He, ribs are hurt. All right. I think we can win this without him. Let's have him. Let's have him sit. And that's that's what was said. And then come to find out, uh, the Dobbs eye experiment, if you want to call it, did not go well. Even though Mike Tomlin said that he didn't want to reinsert Roethlisberger because of the quote unquote flow of the game, um, it's just for a guy that is normally so candid in his answers and so very specific. Boy, would they leave a lot of gray area, and it just has, it's blown up in their face. And I, and I hate it when Tomlin says, you know, boy, this really got legs. Well, what the hell did you think was going to happen? <laughs> so, you know? So me, I mean, so, seriously, what so, did you think was going to happen? So let me ask you, Jeff. If, if you're, you know, when you were single, you know, I know that was quite some time ago for both yeah. of us. Yes. And you were propositioning a young lady trying to ask her if she wants a beverage. And she tells you no the first time. You know, you strike up some courage again. You try to ask her in a different language, right? Huh. She she says no again. But you figure, like, if you keep asking, you're, you're in the flow. But she keeps saying no. Uh, well, Joshua Dobbs could have had about a 1,000 drives, and they still weren't going to score. So, <laughs> what, so what was that? He was in the flow? I, like I that that's know. nonsense. He he got caught and his boy ratted him out to the ESPN reporter. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce her last name. Aditi Kink. At Aditi Kink Abwala. I think that's I'm I'm sure I'm messing up her name. But when she said but when Ben Roth when she reports that Ben Roethlisberger says he communicated with Mike Tomlin as soon as he was on the field, but he believes both Tomlin and GM Kevin Colbert were wary of making the injury worse. And Tomlin told him, let's see how this plays out. If you need me, Ben saying, I'll go in. His boy ratted him out. So at that point, he should have just copped to it. <laughs> like, yeah, we thought we could beat the Raiders without Ben. We made a critical mistake because he knows you don't, you don't trick off games. If well, what, your guy yeah. can play, he has to play. What are your thoughts on Ben's comments? I think Ben should be quiet at some time. Sometimes Ben should just not talk. I think yeah. Ben would be best at times if he took the tact of the 24-hour rule. That if she asked him this question on Tuesday, maybe he should have said nothing. Maybe he should have said nothing on Monday. And he could have simply just said, look, we're in a three-game tailspin. We're playing a very difficult opponent in the New England Patriots with arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. We all need to bunker down, hunker down, however you say it, and focus on the Patriots this week. 
Whatever happened in the Raiders game is in the past. Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes, um, and I, we talked about this off the air um, a little bit. You know, I, I feel like sometimes Ben's comments just reek of insecurity, um, and I don't know why, <laughs> because he has one of the most secure positions in all of sports, probably. But I mean, you agree with that? I mean, sometimes when he throws teammates under the bus, his coaches under the bus. It's like he's trying to save face over something, and he very rarely has. You know, you've heard Ben say, "Well, I wasn't good enough, and I need to play better." But very rarely has he ever stood up, and you get a solid talk where you're thinking, "Man, he's owning this. He's, 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 he's owning it." Feels, it. it feels like Jeff. He's been doing this forever, and that's just who he is. He has that, been doing it forever. You know, when it when it gets hot, you know, he's not trying to be in the kitchen. You, you know, know, he just. Look you know around for the bus. Do you know who wins for all this? Two people in particular, organizations. Number one is 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh because they are the ones that have Ben Roethlisberger's show every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Ironically, one hour before Mike Tomlin takes the podium for his presser every week. That's funny in itself. Second is the number one number one Cochrane, the auto dealership in Pittsburgh, because they're the sponsor of the Ben Roethlisberger show. And so when you have all these entities listening to this show, I guarantee you that they said, look, Ben's getting a kickback for this. He has to. We want people to listen. We want people to talk about our show. We want to hear people say on the number one Cochrane, Ben Roethlisberger show on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, that's what they want to hear. And so people are listening. You got pro football talk that is like live tweeting Ben Roethlisberger's radio show. It's working. <laughs> it's working. And we are falling into the trap. And maybe, just maybe, Ben Roethlisberger is just some great uh, marketing genius and is doing this all to promote his show. I would hope not. But then again, I don't know. So let's move away from Ribgate and let's talk about something that's a little bit more pressing and a little bit more concerning on a lot of fronts. And that is the Steelers place kicker, Chris Boswell in the game against Oakland. He went three for three with extra points. Although his first one, he banked in off the up, the right upright and he went over two in field goals. I want to say both were 40 yards and in the second being the most embarrassing as he slipped and fell and didn't even come close. And I can't speak for you, Lance, but when I saw him lining up for that kick, even before the ball was snapped, I said, there's no way he makes this. <laughs> I have zero confidence in this guy making a kick, whether it's from 50 or whether it's from 30. So the Steelers have, are, I don't know if it's already happened or it's happening this week. They're bringing in Kai Forbath and Matt McCrane for a tryout. And no one knows what's going to happen. Personally, I think this is nothing but a bluff show. Um, they're trying to do what they did with George Jordan Berry earlier this year. They bring in a couple punters. They have a quote-unquote tryout. It's just to kind of give it gave, it gave Berry a jolt. He's been better since. Maybe this will work with Boswell. Lance, what are your overall thoughts on Boswell as a kicker? The situation itself, is it worth them potentially just cutting ties with him? I'm not sold on either of the kickers they're bringing in for the tryout. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, yeah, he fell on his ass, right? That's about yeah. what I think about Boswell. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty. You know, that captured how I think Boswell's performed this year. He fell on his ass. He missed the kick in a comedic fashion. That's just emblematic of his year. It's been it's been terrible. It's been woefully inconsistent. 
and he needs a fire lit under him. I don't think they're going to. Well, 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 let's just say this. We'll get to that, I'm sure, in a true false order. You want to tackle that question, that true false in, in this let's, segment? Let's here, just do the true false right now. Go ahead and set it up and we'll, we'll run it down. Well, the true false question is, will Chris Boswell, uh, or true false statement is, will Chris, Chris Boswell will be cut this week? I'm going to say that's false because I've number one, I feel like it would already have happened. I mean, we're already in, they've already had one day of prep for the Patriots in now. Granted your kicker is not really a key component to game planning, but at the same time, when you have a holder and you got a long snapper and those, those three work as like a battery, you don't want to just change that up. I, I like I said earlier, I, I'm pretty sure this is a nothing but a bluff by the Steelers. Um, Kai Forbath, no, that's not the answer. I mean, if you want inconsistent, and look, if a kicker is available right now, they suck. That's let's call it like it is. If there's a free agent kicker out there right now that's not Jeff Reed, when he probably still he sucks too, probably because he's old. Um, they're, they're no good. So I, I, I'm not buying this at all. So I say false. What do you say? I say false. And you know what Kai Forbath sounds like? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that sounds like something you do. Uh, and, it, it, and it also sounds like the bad answer to a It's an obscure answer to a trivia question. Kai Forbath. That's right. It, yeah, you the, know, you, it's like a Jeopardy question. You have to phrase it in a, who is Kai Forbath? Or exactly. what is Kai Forbath? What is Kai Forbath? <laughs> exactly. I like what is Kai Forbath better. Uh, that sounds like that would be kind of fun. It's false. They're not going to waive Chris Boswell. And I'm going to give you 4.8 million reasons why. And that would be the cap charge for the Steelers in 2019 that get, would get accelerated to the cap if they waived him this week. The $4.8 million consists of $1.2 million of proration multiplied by the four years remaining on his contract. So they're not doing it. If they did it, they would do it you know, post-June 1st to minimize the cap hit by being able to spread it out over the course of the remaining years of the contract. But either way it goes. Yeah, so um, we lost you there, Lance. I'm not sure what's going on, but we'll get you back on there. But um, otherwise, I think that the um, – yeah, we both agree that it's false. The Steelers are not going to cut ties with – I'm not going to say not because I don't know. We both think that there is a very minute chance that uh, he stays or that he leaves, and that's because of the $4.8 million he spoke of. And, hey, Lance, here's another question before we leave this topic. Do you think there's any chance that I don't know? I don't, I don't want to say Boswell got complacent because he did was a Pro Bowl kicker last year. Do you think there's any chance that if he can somehow get through this year, that he can actually return to form next year? Or do you think this is more of the 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 norm for Chris Boswell and not the uh, you know the rarity? I'm going to go with the success that he had in the past. I think you was a golfer. I mean, you understand. I mean, you could just get into some bad swing mechanics. I mean, you know how to hit the golf ball. You know how to drive it. You know how to play consistently. You just get into a bad rhythm or a bad flow. Then it starts to affect you mentally, and then that creeps into your technique, into into your rhythm and stuff and what you're trying to do. I think what he needs is to make a big kick. You know, once he makes a big kick or makes several kicks, I think he'll go back to being the guy that got the contract. 
And uh, uh, one more follow-up here. And if you're Mike Tomlin, the New England Patriots are coming to town. Let's say you win the toss, or let's say for whatever, for whatever reason you get the opening kick, and you go down the field and you score a touchdown. You going for two? Uh, no. I'm, I'm going to show confidence in my guy and kick the extra point. Screw that, man. I'm going for two more than <laughs> anyone else has. I, I'm seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm sick of seeing this guy f- give away points and kind of have them, uh, you know, s- screwed up. So I, I just, I would go for two. That's just me personally. If you're, <laughs> I would say that if you're on the live chat right now and I'm not, I'm not looking at the live chat cause I have other stuff to check on my phone. But, um, if you're on the live chat right now, I'd love to hear if you would, if you're in that scenario, knowing Boswell's gear that he's having, would you go for two or would you? go for the extra point knowing gosh he's a disaster there's only one play that reminds me of boswell's just how awful it is and that was the onside kick in baltimore when he tried that behind the leg it's a soccer term you probably know it um he tried that kick and missed the ball (laughs) he missed the ball (laughs) this isn't the first time boswell's had some bad moments i guess i should say (laughs) no there's no term in soccer for missing a ball no, just, no, no. There's a type. It was the type of kick. Like he went to oh, one foot oh, behind. It's. I'm not a soccer guy. I can't tell you I that. So, anyways. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move on from Boswell and Ribgate, and we're gonna start talking about the upcoming game against the uh, the New England Patriots. Yes, the dragon that cannot be slain. And we have some stats for you. I have one right here. It's ready to go. I'm gonna go ahead and start with the stats for our Stat Geek segment. And this comes from, as always, Dave Schofield, writer for the website. He said the Patriots have only lost back-to-back regular season games seven times in the last 15 years or 15 seasons. In every pair of those games, Tom Brady has been intercepted at least once. Uh, since he's had zero interceptions last week, the Steelers will actually have to take the freaking ball away on defense. Vince Williams' interception in the third quarter last year was the first time Tom Brady threw an interception against the Steelers since 2006. So there you have that. That's going to make you feel warm and cozy inside, doesn't it? Yes, it does, man. That's like a warm cup of cocoa. But you go ahead. I know you have some Debbie Downer stats as well. Go ahead and fire those off. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give you some stats, and these don't come from Dave Schofield. This just comes oh, okay. from pain of watching the Steelers get their ass whooped by New England. That's where these stats come from. Tom Brady in his career is 11-2 against the Steelers. And he's thrown 30 touchdowns oh and only gosh. four interceptions. Good Lord. That's pain. That's Club Elaine pain. Yes. That's how you like me now pain. That's, uh, as my brother, big Pats fan, Tracy Sylvester, who is a, a, a unabashed, unapologetic Patriots fan. That's why he calls Heinz Field Foxborough South. Ugh, that pisses me off. <laughs> They've broken our hearts too many times, man, but that's the truth. It's the truth. You can't say anything about it. Steeler fans can hate the Patriots, and, and multiple times we've had polls on the website saying who's the Steelers' biggest rival, and maybe it's just the modern-day fan and the younger fan that's really not in tune with what the Ravens and, and some of these other teams used to be, but the, the, the Patriots are almost always at the top of the poll. And my gosh, 
it's not even a rivalry if they don't win ever. And the Steelers <laughs> never win. But maybe this year they do. I want to read two stats here for you for those that are depressed. Um, and thinking about all this other stuff. And this comes from Aditi as well that you referenced from the NFL Network earlier. She is she went off on today uh, on Twitter um, on all these stats about the Patriots, kind of like what you read off. She said, before you blame me for your Steeler depression, here's a hopeful statistic. Antonio Brown had a head-scratching low 35 receiving yards last week in Oakland. In the last eight games following a game with – 50 or less receiving yards. Brown has averaged 9.4 catches in 147.9 receiving yards the week after. So there's that, but there's more. Could she says, could the Miami miracle lead to a hangover since 2000 teams that lost on a walk-off final play of regulation touchdown are six and 12 the following week. And when those teams have to quote unquote rebound on the road, they're one in ten. So, all I'm saying is that yes, every single statistic that you can think of is going to make it sound like why are they even playing this game on Sunday? Because the Patriots are just going to roll. There are some statistics out there that might actually lend themselves to thinking the Steelers might have a chance. I don't know. So, do you you have more stats, right? I'm gonna give you a stat that's going to bring you guys all down because. That's what you, you guys. Do. That's what you, you guys do. have acknowledged that I'm slept rock. I'm just so going to call I, you Debbie, Debbie Downer, Debbie D. You know, <laughs> <laughs> see, we, yeah, I don't want to take the show down now. No, no please no. don't go, Debbie. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't go that way. Uh, but uh, see, I showed you where your head is, Jeff. No, you, my you head. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you just, you know, Jeff looks like a schoolboy, but you know. Okay, all right. But here's a stat. (laughs) I have actually borne witness to the Pittsburgh Steelers beating Tom Brady. I was at the Halloween game where the Steelers beat Tom Brady. I think that was 2007. Yeah, it was six or seven. I was, I was, I, yeah, I was at the Halloween massacre game, as they call it, you know, in New England. So, you know, if I saw the Steelers beat New England, and then that luck, that's why they've lost all these other games. It's because of me. I'm Slep Rock. I apologize, Steeler Nation. It's because of me. Well, the that was the game Lamar Woodley went off. I want to say he had like two and a half sacks in that game. He was just owning Deuce, that, that side. And Deuce Daly went nuts. I mean, yes. I think they ran the ball 500 times in the second half. They just killed the Patriots. The Shea Townsend had a great game too. I think he had a pick six on Brady. They dominated the Patriots in that game. So that was a fun and Joey game. Porter, and Joey Porter went out and said all that stuff and all that stuff. Da da da. Hines was crying in the locker room. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I was at that game, and I was at that game too, freezing, pissed off. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But let's talk about some true or false. Let's get into our true or false segment, and then we're going to break down some of this game coming up. Okay, a very general one here. And for those that are maybe first-time viewers or first-time listeners of the show, the true or false segment is essentially just where we make a statement and we debate whether it's true or false. Some, most of the times we disagree, but here we go. True or false, the Steelers will make the playoffs this year. Go ahead, Lance. I, I'm torn on this one. 
Let, let me ask you, Jeff, before I answer. Do you know who the Ravens... <laughs> before I answer, do you know who the Ravens uh, the play? Ravens play I, do. I, I actually do, okay. Consider I do. Um, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home this week. They go to the L.A. Chargers the following week, and then they finish up with the Cleveland Browns. I'm not sure if that's... I want to say that might be at home, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But th- those are the three teams, and I know the venues of the first two are correct. I just have to check on the third. I think the Steelers will limp in as a wild card. I think the Steelers will not win a division because I think they're going to go one and two over their last three, which would leave them, what, what would it be, eight, seven, and one? Uh, Yeah. I think eight, seven, and one will get them the wild card. They'll be the five or the six seed. They'll have to play probably Kansas City or the Chargers. See, I don't think they or, get in with eight wins. I, I just, I, I, I think I, I say true that they do get in, um, but I don't think they get in with eight wins. Uh, you, I, I'm running a scenario tomorrow. Like I looked at, there's really only a handful of teams that matter for the Steelers. You have teams like the Dolphins, the Titans, the Colts, and then clearly, obviously, the Ravens. Um, and so I actually found there's there's only one scenario that I found where if the Steelers lose this Sunday can remain in the playoff picture, and that's assuming that the Ravens beat the Bucks. because if the Ravens lose, it doesn't matter what the Steelers do because they could lose as well and they would still have a half-game lead over them. Um, and that is the Vikings need to beat the Dolphins, uh, the Cowboys need to beat the Colts, and then the Tennessee Titans need to lose to the Giants. And so if those three things happen, the Steelers would still be the sixth seed. If one of those three teams wins on Sunday, the Steelers are out of the playoff picture heading into Week 16. So um, it's murky water, and a lot can happen in the last three weeks. But I think that I think the Steelers go 2-1 and one down the stretch. Uh, who they beat, I'm not so sure yet. But I'm going to say they get in. I think it's going to take nine wins. So there you have that. And this is a that, go that's, ahead. that's impressive, Jeff, breaking all that down. You know, who you remind me of you remind me of uh, Doctor Strange in the latest in- <laughs> Avengers movie, where he uh, went through the four trillion scenarios and came up with one way that they could beat Thanos. Maybe I'll call you uh, Jeffy Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for for me though. It, and it's crazy to think this is true, but I was I wrote an article about Ben Roethlisberger. He had his Wednesday uh, media outlet session today, as he always does on Wednesday. And he said something. And I was like, well, damn, he's actually right. that The Steelers still control their own destiny. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about this. Is that even with a three-game skid, they have a half-game lead over Baltimore, if somehow, some way. And that's the crazy thing. Call me a homer. Call me a, a joy, whatever you want. I still think that this Steelers team can beat any team left on the schedule because if they can play up to their potential, then they can beat anyone on the schedule. Is that going to be easy? No. Hell no, it's not going to be easy. Not when you host the Patriots and you have to go down to New Orleans. It's going to be very, very difficult. But at the same time, I feel like if the Steelers can get their act together, and we've seen them do this in the past, and I was speaking with uh, in the gym this morning, I saw another uh, fellow Steeler fan who follows the site, and he was talking to me. I said, yeah, this thing could go one or two ways, in my opinion. It could go into a run similar to 2005, where they were 7-5 and five and went on a run, and they were able to you know, climb back in and then get into the sixth seed and go on and win the Super Bowl. 
or this could turn into an unleash hell scenario where they just completely tank and it's just all hell breaks loose and everyone wants everyone fired that they already want everyone fired but still it could go one or two ways so um it's gonna be interesting to see how this works out you know but let's go to the next true or false question and that is if the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year Mike Tomlin will be fired. True or false? I'm going to say false. But if they lose the next three, which would make them seven, eight, and one. First losing it, season. His butt will be firmly on the hot seat. And it, and it won't be due to uh, his past success. It won't be. I don't think his past success will save him. And in fact, I think if they go seven, eight, and one, the only thing that will save him will be I can't see Ben wanting another head coach this late in his career. I think Ben and Mike are like a sitcom. It's the Ben and Mike show. I think Mike Tomlin will be the last head coach for Ben Roethlisberger. I think they'll ride off together in the sunset. But if they lose these last three games, if any, 7-8-1, it's going to be really hot. But I don't think Ben wants to start over with a new head coach. And I don't I, and and if they brought in another head coach, it'd have to be a guy with some pedigree that's one. You know, I've heard the name Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I don't know. But it would have to be somebody with a name that has won football games. And it might have to be a, a a coach that's at least been to a couple of championship games or something. Somebody that has a name in the industry. It it won't be a new Wonderkin guy that's going to reinvent Ben. So He'll be on the hot seat, but he won't get fired. So, so false. I'm going to say false as well. And I spent the majority of my po the post game show um, trying to explain to fans that whether I was happy or upset with how Tomlin has ha handled the team in the past and this season and in this three game losing streak is not important. And that people on the comment section of the YouTube channel were saying I was a homer and how can I support Tomlin? I, I, look, I, I never said that. I just said as a realist, they're not going to fire Mike Tomlin. <laughs> he has a very safe job. And I agree with you 100% that as long as Roethlisberger's there, his job is, is perfectly safe. Um, now, when Ben decides that he's done, that's a different story. Because when Ben says he's done you're looking at a Josh Jobs, Mason Rudolph scenario, and you're saying, well, if there's a time to bring in someone new, it's now because we're going to be starting anew in a lot of different ways. But look, it, it, people just have to understand that's not how the Steelers work, okay? It's just not. And it, Art Rooney II has proven on multiple occasions that he's not any different than his dad, Dan, or his, or his grandfather, Art Sr. was. He's going to be patient. He's going to understand that it's not all the coach. And I think that heads will roll if they miss the playoffs. I definitely think that Danny Smith. I definitely think that Keith Butler. Um, I don't think Feetner. You agree with that, Lance? That I don't think Feetner's job is in jeopardy. I'm going right? to give you a number of why Feetner's job is not in jeopardy. And that's 78%. That's the number that the Steelers are converting in the red zone. I mean, you got an offense that's con converting 78% of their red zone chances and scoring 29 points a game. He ain't going nowhere. And for all the people that, that suggest that somehow the Rooney rule is protecting Tomlin, 
you guys are crazy. You guys are absolutely nuts, and that's as far off as it could be. This is the National Football League. The only thing that protects you in the National Football League is winning football games. Nobody is a sacred cow in the National Football League. And if you guys haven't, if you guys don't know that now, you guys have not been watching the game long enough. I mean, evidence in Pittsburgh. Where did Franco Harris end his career? Seattle. Mm-hmm. Where yep. did Marcus Allen end his career? Kansas City. You know, traded where did, away where from did, the Where did Emmett Smith end his career? Exactly. Arizona. So, Arizona. There are no sacred cows in the National Football League. And if you think there are and there's some rule that's going to protect a guy, guess what? It's not. He knows that. And he stated as such when he uh, admonished fast Willie Parker when he said, when I walk in this building, I don't see rushing titles. I see six Lombardis. And I, I just think at some point in time, all coaches get to that point where the message no longer resonates. And, and Tomlin's been there, what, about 12, 13 years about that? Well, 2007. So 11 yeah, years. This is yeah. 12th year. So, yeah. I mean, he's probably close to that point. I mean, and it makes sense for him to depart when Ben leaves because I'm sure at that point he doesn't want to start over. I would leave too. So he's not getting fired so false. Okay, let's move on. Um, here we go. Bad clock management was the biggest reason for the loss against the Raiders. True or false? I think that I say false. I think it participated in it because maybe if they have more time, they can, it, it, you know, maybe they don't even call the hook and ladder, right? But let, let's just in the world of uh, hypotheticals, let's say they call that play. They probably don't if they have more time. You just have more time and you give your offense more time to score. That's always a good thing. It makes no sense in the world to have two timeouts at the end of the game and not use them. I mean, you need to use them. And, and his explanation of I wanted to keep one made no sense. And that, that's the frustrating thing about Tomlin is sometimes, dude, you just got to own it. You made a bonehead-ass decision. And that was one of them. Why, why do you not need to save a timeout? Because offenses can stop the ball. They can stop the clock. They can spike it. Mm-hmm. So offenses literally have multiple timeouts every snap. So that explanation made no sense, but it wasn't the reason they lost the game. The biggest reason, in my opinion, they lost the game was the quarterback got hurt and the place kicker couldn't kick. Yes. Followed by the defense couldn't stop anybody. Those three things are why they lost. So it's false. Yeah, so I'm going to say because it was it was false. It wasn't the reason, but it's so stupid. Um, if anything has been proven by the Steelers this year is that they are such a quick-strike offense. Uh, they can – and it's not always the deep ball. That's what's crazy. It, they have these plays where you know, there's the 99-yarder in – or 97-yarder, I'm sorry, against Denver with Juju. Um, it's a lot of yak, a lot of yards after the catch, but they, they've got playmakers and they've got playmakers that can work both the inside of the, the you know, the in, middle of the field as well as outside the hash marks. I just don't think that, and I, hey, I've said this on the show before, um, and we've talked about it in the post game show that Tomlin likes to keep a timeout. That's just what it's kind of like his MO that whether you like it or not, in that scenario, is dumb. It was dumb. You want to give your team enough time to, 
for the offense to have more than 15 seconds, which, by the way, I'd love to go back. Lance, maybe you could if you're watching the All-22 on the game. I'm pretty sure that the Raiders scored with 25 seconds left. Now, I, I thought that the extra points were an untimed down. Am I, am I not correct in that? I think so, too. I thought, I thought it's a dead ball. I thought right. so. Well, because when they kicked off, all, suddenly there was 21 seconds. And in the world of football, four seconds is the difference between a play and a, and not having a play. So yeah, I, I tweeted that out. I was like, there should be 25 seconds on the clock before kickoff. And then all of a sudden it was 21. They kicked it short. And obviously um, Switzer had to return it. But I, I, if you're watching it or if anyone's watching it out there, just check because I, I feel like we might have had, there might have been some home cooking with the home clock there. I'm not sure if maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Jeff. And that's a great point to the quick strike ability of the Steelers offense. That's a dumb move. I mean, he he took away what at least 40, 40 seconds? Easily. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, the only reason why it doesn't look as bad as it was was because Boswell fell on his ass. And the hook and, and that, ladder and the hook and ladder worked. And the hook and it worked. <laughs> so him falling on his ass saved the coach face, which is that's some strange irony there, ass and face <laughs> and all that. And, Take know, it easy, Debbie D. <laughs> Kai Horbath. You got to get that, that Kai Horbath. It's not, not Horbath. It's Forbath. There's an F, not a Horbath. Yes. Gosh, I'm going to have to mark this little, show as explicit see, now. Yeah, exactly. I speak, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say Horbath. I said Hourbath. Oh, okay. That's even worse. Okay. <laughs> So yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to our last true balls here. The lack of ball skills on the back end of the Steelers defense is the biggest issue on the defense. True or false? I'm gonna say false, but it there it's a one B. The one A is the lack of speed at the inside linebacker position. And it goes back to maybe I'm a credit Jerry Dulac with saying this because I don't think I said it. I think a guy on I forget the guy's name on Twitter that thought I, I thought I might have said it, but but I think it's Dulac. If you're slow at inside linebacker, your defense is slow. I mean, it, it just is what it is. And in the National Football League, if you can get exploited up the middle in the seams, in the passing game, you can only be but so good if you don't have and the Steelers have a very good pass rush. Unless you're getting heat like all the time, seam throws are going to kill you because they neutralize pressure. The ball is out. Your guy is beat. You give up 12. So I, I think the lack of speed at inside linebacker is the biggest issue with the defense because I think the coverage is close, but they can't just – they can't make the play on the ball. Like Burnett on the play that got dropped. I think it was Jared Cook that made the play. He, he was in position. He just couldn't make a play on the ball. Um, so, and, and they have players that can't play in Bostic and in Vince that should not play, you know, when they face spread formations, when they're spread out and they're facing, you know, backs and tight ends. They can't handle it. They can't hang. And that's something that defenses can get at all the time. So I think it's the lack of speed at the inside linebacker position, which is the biggest issue with this defense. So I'm going to say false. Yeah, I'm going to say false. But, man, those defensive ball skills are atrocious. I mean, awful. 
Morgan Burnett has been a dud the entire season, but at the same time, I oh, how many times did we see? I mean, this is middle school football stuff. When the receiver looks back, you look back because you need to find the football. That's what playmakers do. And what you see from the Steelers is the total opposite. You see the ball's in the air. They have no clue it's in the air. And now they're doing this throwing their arms up, flailing their arms around, trying to disrupt the pass. It's just, I, I just, I, it's so bad. It's everyone, too. I mean, Sean Davis has dropped two interceptions the last two games. Uh, Mike Hilton has dropped some. Um, gosh, uh, Joe Hayden could have had his hand on a ball. It's just bad. It's awful. And I know my brother's always said it growing up. There's a reason why they play defense. He's always said it. There's a reason why they play. And I, I understand that. But at the same time, I'm not asking necessarily if you catch the ball. Just knock it down. Just don't let them catch the ball. Because if this, if those type of skills continue, it's going to be a long three games, especially the next two, against some high-flying offenses in Tom Brady and Drew Brees-led units. So, all right. <sighs> Let's... Uh, I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. This is actually news that broke, and it's, it's kind of the direction that the show's been going in. That today, Cam Sutton had, was starting as the nickel defensive back over Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton's healthy. Um, as some people are thinking that Hilton might get benched. What are your thoughts on that? They're crazy. They're crazy. And to go to what we were talking about the previous point uh, about the lack of ball skills, and this stat is from Alex Kurzora, uh from uh, SteelersDepot.com. Pick up to those guys. Uh, Mike Tomlin drafted DBs have only had 18 interceptions since 2008. That That's tells a- you the lack of ball skills. And what that says is they're not identifying players with who have good ball skills and the coaching – is not it is not good in, in relation to that, and the scheme may not be putting those guys in positions to get interceptions as well. Those three things are at play. But if they start Cam Sutton over Mike Hilton, they're crazy. Cam Sutton can't blitz like Mike Hilton, and that's one of the biggest things about this defense that makes it so good is his ability to get pressure off the edge as a blitzer. I think it's a mistake. I think the guy that shouldn't be playing in this game, and we can talk about that a little bit in our analysis, is John Bostic. I don't think Bostic and Vince Williams should play much in this game. So if you want to come out with a creative package that has both Cam Sutton and Hilton on the field at one time and play light and hopefully deal with their running game that way, I'll sign on for that. But taking Mike Hilton off the field, I think is a problem. Yeah, I think so too. And it might be, I wonder if his size, uh, you know, as you look at, well, what are teams going to start doing? Because the LA Chargers gave them the blueprint. They're going to start putting their playmakers in the slot because they saw that, for crying out loud, Keenan Allen was basically uncovered because he was going against linebackers. We've all heard that ad, ad nauseum this past two weeks. But for me, I wonder if, you know, Cam Sutton is a bigger body. He 
can typically play a little bit more physical as he is also a defensive back that can play on the outside. He can play in some man coverage schemes. Um, I'm wondering if maybe this is also like, okay, we're expecting Gronk to be in the slot. We need someone a little bit bigger to cover the underneath zone. And Mike Hilton, because let's be honest, if Tom Brady sees Hilton on Gronk, what's he going to do? He's going to throw it high every time, and Gronk will just reach up and catch it over top of him. That's just, that's just smart football. So I'm not necessarily viewing this as the media is. The media is really going hard at this is a demotion. He's getting benched. When in reality, Hilton, they might just switch spots for a week. And if they go into the dime, Hilton's on the field, which will probably be in dime a lot anyways. So do you think there's any credence to that? I, I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head. but it, It's it's because to play dime, that's what Burnett plays. Burnett next out against Jared Cook, which was a problem. He couldn't handle it. Jared Cook was killing him. Even when the guys are in the slot, it's typically Burnett. That's responsibility in dime to travel with tight ends. So I, I can see that still happening. Hilton was not responsible. So if that was the thinking, Hilton would have played Jared Cook. Yeah. Because Jared Cook was their was their greatest weapon. That was the guy that physically was going to beat everybody. So you put your best nickel corner on that guy. They did not do that in that game. I think. They're going to, and this is kind of blended into the announcement of the game. I think Burnett, I think multiple guys are going to get opportunities to cover Gronk. And I think they're just going to take their shots and their snaps that throw different looks. I think Burnett's going to get some. I think he'll, uh, I, I think Cam Sutton, if he plays, may get some. You know, but the issue with the Patriots is you got, you have to have multiple coverage guys that can cover the backs, tight ends, and the wide shallow crossers, seam routes, and, and screens and stuff like that, and wheel routes. you got to have that. And you got to somehow get pressure on the puzzle that the Patriots present. And now that they got Josh Gordon, they can go up top on you on the outside, too. So they're a tough nut to crack. Well, you know, let, let's just go right into the analysis then. I mean, I look at this game, and first and foremost, Joe Hayden, you're shadowing Gordon anytime he's on the field. You agree or disagree? I agree. I agree as well. And so that means that what, what the Steelers need to do and so something that they've struggled with against New England is you have to be able to adjust with the Patriots. If you look at any defense, typically, especially the Ravens in the past, the Ravens will change. They will start doing things differently in the second half. You can't sit there and say, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing because they're going to adjust. They're going to adapt. They're going to change. That is literally like banging your head against the wall and expecting it to stop hurting at some point. It's just not going to work. So the Steelers defensively, I, I uh, Joe Hayden is following Gordon wherever he is on the field. They're familiar. He's familiar with him. He's already faced him once this year when he was with Cleveland in Week One. Um, played pretty well against him actually. Um, I, I've, he's following him, and then they've really got to do a, a creative job, like you said, with zones brackets on Gronk. And force everything underneath. Just don't give up the big play. Ben, don't break. Force field goals. That, to me, defensively is easier said than done. Trust me. You have to pray, hope and pray that your front of Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, TJ Watt, and Bud Dupree have career days. And it doesn't necessarily... Har Hargrave. Hargrave as well, Hargrave. yes. Because you, I'm, when I say a career day, I'm not necessarily meaning like on the stat sheet. I'm talking about you just better hope they're playing 
out of their mind. They're pushing the pocket because you you mentioned that Halloween Massacre game. If you go back and think to that about that game and you were there live, so I'm sure you remember, they collapsed the pocket so well. They didn't always get to him, but Tom Brady wasn't comfortable, and that's when he's vulnerable. So for me, that's what I would do. I'm anxious to hear your defensive analysis. You know, I you know I I said to my brother who you know big Patriots fan, AKA big Pats fan. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, you know, creator of the term uh, Foxborough South. I, I think the Steelers have to take the approach of making this a Sony Michelle game. If you want to beat us, you're going to have to run us to death. And, and I think you do that. You, you know, people are going to hate it when I, I say, you know, rush three, drop eight. But I think it's going to have to be – I'm not going to say they should do that. I'm saying that they should play predominantly nickel and dime. And I think that Bostic should play no snaps. And I think that if they play nickel, that maybe you use Burnett with Fort as the nickel linebacker not just in dime. So you minimize the inside players at the linebacker position that the Patriots can attack. Because if they, if you put Fort on the field with sensible, those are two guys they're going to get after. So you have to minimize the guys that they're going to get after. So if you could take Fort off the field, even if you put Cam Sutton on, he's a better coverage guy. So maybe you so maybe you lessen a mismatch in terms of whoever they try to get on Sutton. But if you put Sensible on the field with Fort, they're going to go after either one of those guys because Sensible is not good. Sensible is not a good corner. Sensible is a C-level corner. He got beat numerous times in that game. They just could not take advantage of it or Carr went somewhere else with the football. Sensible is not good. So you gotta you, you gotta keep Sensible on the field because you're not gonna play Artie Burns, and that goes back to why Artie Burns is, is problematic. It's for games like this, so guys like Sensible don't have to play. But I I I would play a lot of dime in this game and, and play a, a lot of coverage. And if I'm going to get pressure, I'm going to get pressure with blitz looks, which I heard that you can't attack Brady with blitz looks. But I want to have as much as many guys on the field that can run and cover as possible and try to make this into a where they just choose to maybe not force balls into certain places or certain areas because you have so many coverage people and you choose to run against nickel and dime because you're lined up front with Sony Michelle. So I tried to do the Jedi mind trick on Brady and Kevin because you're dealing with a light front. Now I'm going to go outside the box here a little bit and say that if I if, if they're going to throw out that dollar defense, which someone in our um, Mark actually in our live chat just said that they should play the dollar defense. That's where they had I think seven defensive backs on the field. I'm giving Marcus Allen a hat, and I like his. He has he's athletic. He's a hitter, so he can come up and stop the run if necessary. He could play that hybrid linebacker role. And he's, like I said, he's fast. He's athletic. Um, to right now, I'm tempted to say that he could he could do anything that Burnett's doing or not doing. He's just going to do it faster, and he's going to hit harder. 
And so you ask yourself, okay, so this is going to be a weakness or this is going to be uh, an area where the Patriots might exploit. Well, Marcus Allen is going to probably bring more to you than right the way that I just have been so down on Burnett. I think he's been awful. So I would, I would put it, I would give him a helmet. I, I know he's only played one game this year, but I don't know. It's tough to give him a helmet. I know it's tough to give him a helmet going against Tom Brady, but that's just what I'm thinking. You agree with that? The dollar defense and maybe even giving Allen a nod. I mean, the dollar D de- I don't know about giving Allen a nod, but if that means you have to do that to play the dollar, I like it. I mean, I think the dollar should be a part of the package. But I think what, what the Patriots do to a lot of teams is they will show you something that they have not put on film specifically for you, right? They may work on it. Training can't work on it at times where they may literally just have a Pittsburgh package that, you know, this is what we're going to do against the Steelers. If you see something that you've never seen on film, you have to have checks for it. So if we see something, like if we see a four wide receiver set, sort of like the AFC Championship game that they haven't shown on film, this is how we're going to play it. We're going to play two-man against it, or we're going to just play basic cover two. We're going to check to our basic coverages that everybody knows that we could play fast against something that we haven't seen. Where they get you is you try to make an adjustment to their adjustment, but you're not rooted and grounded in that adjustment. You're kind of trying to do it on the fly as they adjust. Then you make mistakes. You make communication errors and gaffes, and you make mistakes and you get beat. And that's one of the things that Ray Lewis talked about when they played the Patriots is that they had certain things that they would do if they saw things that were unfamiliar to them on film. It'd be like, look, this is a ball player game at this point. Our guys are going to beat your guys, and that's how we're going to win this game but we're going to play whatever we play fast and we're going to know what we're supposed to do. And that's how we're going to react to it. We're not going to try to come up with uh, this super plan and and try to do it game time. No, we're going to play our core fundamentals and try to do it fast. Yeah. It's funny when we get to a New England Patriots game, which is just ironic that it's week 15 this year at Heinz Field. It was last year. It was week 15 at Heinz Field is the Jesse James game. We'll never forget that. Um, all the prep leading up to it is all talking about <laughs> the defense. Um, very little do we talk about. I'll give you the Steelers offensive um, game plan. Are you ready? It's going to be very intricate, very detailed. Are you ready, Lance? Yes. Don't turn the freaking ball over. End of story. Pretty much. I'm done. This Steelers offense can will be able to put up, they'll, they'll move the ball on this defense. They shouldn't struggle, even if James Conner can't play, and he did not practice Wednesday, which is when this is being recorded. Um, even if he can't play, they will be fine moving the ball on this defense. But this defense is also opportunistic. Ben Roethlisberger cannot play sloppy he cannot play his stupid, dummy gunslinger mode, Ben, where he's out there just trying to sling the ball around the field. And, and look, the Patriots are going to be smart. They're going to know what you want to do in certain situations. And please, for the love of God, can someone please tell Randy Feeder and or Ben Roethlisberger that teams are starting to understand your goal line pass plays. If it wasn't the interception in Denver, if it wasn't the... um the play against the Chargers at the goal line where 
Uh, well, no, it's Jacksonville. Roethlisberger had to keep it. Uh, if you think back, it was supposed to be the shovel pitch, the pitch to Vance McDonald. And then even against Oakland, the pass to Juju was almost intercepted. You can't keep running the same plays over and over again. Okay. So you're going to have to, <laughs> the Patriots of any team that you're going to play are going to know your tendencies at second and goal from the two, second and goal, third and goal from the one. For, you have to mix it up. You know what I want to see? Put Roosevelt Nixon and sneak him out into the flat or something. That, that's something that you haven't done yet. Now, Ryan Switzer's play. When he comes in in goal line situations, they're going to say right away, we're keying on him, look for that pass in the flat, and that's where you can make that big mistake. So I hope the Steelers have a little bit of humility to their approach and their preparation this week. And like you said, with defense, same with offense, think outside the box, do something you haven't done yet. I mean, bottom line, when you play the Patriots, as much as we talk about defense, your offense better put up 30 points plus. I mean, you just got to bring that to the table. If you're not, you're probably going to get beat because you could play very well against Tom Brady and win a majority of the situations. He's so patient. At some point in time, he is going. The way they ran the ball in Oakland, you know, this is a sling it Ben game. And, you know, we often criticize Ben about, you know, how many times there's lost games when Ben has thrown the ball over 50 times. But they did beat the Patriots the one of the few times he threw it over 50 times in 2011. I think when they beat him 25-17, they beat the Patriots. And he threw it almost every single down. This is a defense you can spread out and you can attack. And the strength of the Steelers' offense is pass protection. It's not a great run blocking line. It's it's, it's a weird offensive line. As far as a pass blocking unit, they might be that inconsistent as a run blocking unit where the running back who you can matters. They need a very good, very good run blocking unit, i.e., that guy we won't name, guy that's now in the Terminator. Those guys are two very good backs. So it's definitely the back was helping that offensive line out a lot in the running game. Connor can't play. It has to be a bin. Spread them out. Wing it. And we talked about the Tom Brady, 30 uh, touchdown passes, four interceptions. I think Ben Roethlisberger is 22 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That has to start in favor of the Steelers. So if the Steelers want to win this football game, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to outperform Tom Brady first and foremost. <clears throat> you got a little, you're breaking up a little bit there, but you're right. He does have to outplay Tom Brady, and I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Ben Roethlisberger is fully capable of putting up points. They have a good offense. They're balanced. And even when, you, when I went back and looked at the, the film of the Raiders game, Jalen Samuels didn't run the ball well. He didn't get many attempts. And the offensive line didn't really work that well. And a lot of people in the live chat right now are saying that the offensive line and the defensive line is where this game is going to be won and lost. And you cannot disagree with that. So we're going to talk about this more. I know that I will with, with Brian tomorrow night on our Steelers preview show. Uh, but Lance, I, I'm curious to think where you're leaning here. You don't have to give us the score. You don't even have to tell us if you just want to, I know what you're going to say, but. If you want to give your prediction, you can, or you can send it to me, and I can read it tomorrow during the, the preview show. That's up to you. Um, what are your what, what What's your thought process? What, what's your feeling, your gut feeling, heading into this Sunday? I'm feeling frisky. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh gosh. I I I'm I, I'm feeling frisky. I, I I'm feeling real frisky here. You know what I'm about to say, Jeff, right? You know what I'm about to say, right? That the Patriots roll. No, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I think the Steelers are gonna win this game. Oh, okay. I I I, I think I think the Steelers are gonna win this game. Uh, I, I think the offense that I saw against the Panthers is capable of doing that to the Patriots, but they have to pass protect. I think the Steelers win a shootout. Okay. I'm, you know, it's funny that you say that, Lance, because for me, um, I know that they – it's 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 crazy. You're talking straight up gut. Hey, like at this point, they've lost three games in a row. You're talking straight up gut feeling because there's nothing on paper, uh, there's nothing on film that makes you think that this is a game that the Steelers should, or some in some cases could win. But I just don't think this team's gonna go go off silently into the night. I think that they're pissed. I think that they have definitely been given a huge slice of humble pie. And I think they're going to be prepared. I think that this is a game that the Steelers look, I said it last year and I think you laughed at me when I said, I think this is the year they get the monkey off their back. And let's be honest, if it weren't for one really bad officiating call on Jesse James, they do get that monkey off their back, but it's going to be tough. Not going to be easy. I personally think that the Steelers win this game, um, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll do my score prediction next week, Lance. Did you say a score? I can't. I, I couldn't hear no, you there no, towards no. the end. No, no, I didn't say a score. But okay. if you want a score, I'm gonna give you a score. I, That's I'll, up I'll to you. You can save I'll, it for I'll tomorrow. Or... No, no, I'm gonna give you thirty-five, thirty-one. That's that that that's that's my score. Wow. Well, okay. All right. I. That's awesome. Um, I, I definitely could see this game shaping up like that. So there you go. I don't know. Let's let's look at some questions here before we call it a show real quick. Um, <laughs> Snow asks, why am I wearing a Penguins jersey and not a Steelers jersey? Well, first and foremost, I brought this up because I know Lance is a West Coast guy <laughs> now. And um, first, and f- I'm also a Pittsburgh fan. I'm not just a Steelers fan. I love the Pirates. I love the Penguins. And I love the Steelers. And the Penguins are playing the Blackhawks right now. They're tied up 3-3 going into the third. Um Mary Lemieux is one of my all-time favorite athletes, and this jersey was one of my all-time favorite jerseys. It's the Gin and Juice jersey from the 1994 video with Snoop Dogg, um, but this is a Lemieux authentic. It's uh, embroidered. It's I, it's I love it, and I thought that it'd be cool to wear a different jersey, um, to not wear Steeler stuff. I'm superstitious that way. They've lost three in a row. I've worn Steeler stuff every other show, so maybe I should mix it up. Maybe I should wear some other black and gold. And so I am via this alternate jersey that they used to wear back in the day. So that's why I'm wearing this Penguins jersey because I love the Pens, man. That's what I'm, and I'm hoping that if the Steelers suck it up, that they continue to play well. Gives me something to root for. You so know what, you Jeff? Go. You know I I always shot Jeff with some stuff, and so last week. I shocked Jeff that I like the John Mayer album Continuum. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I shocked Jeff that I like John Mayer Continuum. That was, I thought that was a fantastic album. I like yeah. the Continuum album. Um, with this, Jeff, 
I had a Pins jersey. I had a Crosby light blue Pins jersey. I have one of those as well. Maybe I'll wear that next week. But I, I but I gave it away. I wow, gave it away what? to a guy that was that was bigger hockey fan than I. I for Christmas, and so Chris Batinko, if you're out there listening to the program, I hope you like the gifted light blue. <laughs> LC Crosby jersey that I gave him. So I was surprised you that I had a hockey that that I know yeah. anything about hockey because you know being a black guy, you know it's pretty cultural. <laughs> we don't know anything about hockey. You way to run right um, into, way to run right into that stereotype. By the way, <laughs> Good job. Hey, I'm on it. I, I, you know I'm on it. You know hey, I don't yeah, know yeah. much about. I know what icing is. Other than that, you know. So yeah, I had a, I had a hockey jersey. So I'm gonna surprise you with that too. I'm a closet John Mayer sort of fan, and uh, I had a hockey jersey. Well, if you're running into the black people don't like hockey stereotypes, I'm going to run into the I'm a middle-aged white guy. I like John Mayer stereotypes, so there you go. Uh, we'll <laughs> play that game. Um, a lot of people right now are hating in the in the live chat on Kevin Colbert. Um, I don't know where this is coming from. Lance, do you have an issue with the general manager? Because, yeah, they might have missed on some defensive backs, or not some, a lot. But for every miss on a defensive back they've had, they've hit one out of the park at receiver. So, um, yeah, that, that's, I, I'm not surprised at that. You know, being, being a Pittsburgh guy and us being Pittsburgh fans, I mean, it's a steel curtain, it, it's defense, it's that type stuff. You know, it's like that, that's the bread and butter running game, defense there's an issue on the defensive side of football in terms of bringing in talent. Like I wish that some of that mojo that they have at finding skill positions that they could find on the defensive side of football, like Bud Dupree. Yeah. El Busto. Cortez Allen. Like, like, like it's, it's, it's been kind of bad. Like, I, I put it like this having a franchise quarterback is the salve for all wounds. When you have a franchise quarterback, Hall of Fame guy, they can fix a lot of things. But I, I think Steeler fans are correct in questioning the playmakers that he's putting, that he's providing for this defense. It has been sketchy at best. As good as Hargrave is, the kid from Mississippi that never played a snap. That was unfortunate, but that's on his record. They go to a second round for that guy. The guy never plays. That's part of his resume as well. So I understand how fans are a bit frustrated with Kevin Colbert and the job he's been doing with supplying defensive talent. Yeah, no, you're right. Now, we're only to one more question. The show's gone a little long. Longer than hey, It's Patriots week. What do you expect? Um, but the question is real simple. If there's a coach to be fired at the end of the off at the end of the season, and let's just assume they don't make the playoffs, because that would be the most dire situation for the coaching staff. So they don't make the playoffs. Who's the first one to get canned? We've already said it's not Tomlin, so we're talking assistants and specialists. So who's the first coach to go? Danny Smith. Okay. So you went him over over Butler. I think Butler will be next. So you think they'll both be gone if they miss the playoffs? 
Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's been a good show. It's good to have you back. I know we didn't, we weren't on after the post game, but um, it's going to be interesting, folks. Uh, just a reminder: make sure that uh, you check out our preview show tomorrow night. Uh, it's roaming around nine o'clock. Myself and Brian Anthony Davis will preview the upcoming game with the Steelers, and then Lance and I will be on after the game on Sunday. The Sunday game is a four twenty-five. That's a national. CBS doubleheader, so be on. Make sure you're watching that live, um, and obviously behind the steelcurtain.com for all your Steelers needs. Lance, any final words before we call it a show? I picked it, so when the Steelers beat the Patriots this week, he slept rock. And I have a real, <laughs> and I have a real quick WTF. Sure, Steel Steeler fans, it's not cool to put your hands on women. Oh yeah, it's not cool. It's it's not cool. So, Steeler fan, Heinz Field, I'm gonna give you permission. We're no longer sponsored by the legal show, but if you listen to some of our shows in the past, the legal I don't name Jeff, you know the the Frank legal, Walker, the legal guys, Frank, Frank Walker. Walker. Yep, I will give you Frank Walker's number if you punch a guy that chokes a woman at a game. I'll do that for you. Oh, well, that's nice. You'll give them the number. You're not going to pay yes, the legal absolutely. fees. You're not going to give them no, the legal fees. I'm going to give you the number. I'm you know, but you can't let you can't steal. Oh, yeah. Steeler fan put their hands on a woman. I don't care what the scenario is. I don't care if they were a fan from another team. She's popping her lips off. Whatever. Doing that. That's not acceptable. We are higher standard of fans. So y'all need to handle that next time you see something like that happen. Because I saw a scenario like that when I saw. The uh, the Steelers play the San Francisco 49ers. Steeler fans put her hand, put his hands on a 49er lady, and Steeler fan whooped him up so fast and took him to the cops and said, "We we don't roll like this." And the cops let him continue to watch the game, although he beat up the Steeler fan that put his hands on the lady. So look, don't let Steeler fan. It's just football. Don't put yourself in a position where you embarrass yourself, you embarrass your family. And you embarrass Steeler Nation. So let's let's conduct ourselves properly. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. And a reminder to everyone that's watching and or listening, if you're watching, make sure you check us out on all our audio platforms at Stitch. Uh, Stitcher, that's uh, Art19, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. We're everywhere. And if you're listening on podcast form, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search BTSE Steelers Radio. Almost forgot what that was there for a second. And make sure you subscribe, like, and comment. Lance, as always, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Standard is a Standard. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.